have a story you're bursting to tell the world. Are you sick of being rejected by the publishing establishment? Do you want to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling indie author Steph Green, for Rage Against the Manuscript, where we explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. Hey writers, it's Steph here again, and welcome to this episode of the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about writing faster, how to hit challenging word count goals without sacrificing your story and your enthusiasm and your love for writing. If you want to make a career as an author, or even if you've just you've got tons and tons of stories in your head and you're desperate to get them out, then learning to write faster is going to be a huge benefit to you. Being able to write faster is one of those skills that, you know, if you can master it, it puts you in this much better position to be successful. Why? Well, because readers are not going to be waiting as long for your books, so they're not going to forget about you in between your releases. You're going to be able to launch more books in a year, and, you know, I know this from my experience, that when I launch a book, I have a really, really great month. And so, obviously, the more launches you do during the year, the more your income is going to go up. The more launches you do, the more your readership is also going to grow. And, you know, just on a personal level, the more your bookshelf is going to fill up with your own titles, and you're going to be able to look at all those pretty spines, and you're going to go, yay, those are all mine. You're going to be spurned on by that, by hitting publish, and you're going to be going even faster, and it's just all going to be so cool. Just as an aside, while you know, kind of while we're talking about this, uh, you might notice that my voice is a bit stuffy today, so I've got a bit of a a cold, kind of nasty thing going on. I can thank my husband for giving that to me. So I'm just hoping it's not going to sound too nasally and too blah. But uh, I thought I'd better do the episode anyway. Back to writing faster. Now, first of all, some people believe that writing faster means that you sacrifice quality. They believe that writing faster is a thing that hacks do, and that if you don't work for every single word in your manuscript, if you don't wrench those words from the depth of your soul with copious amounts of tears and and more than a little bit of absinthe, then you are not a real writer. Now, this is complete bullshit, obviously. There it's probably a point for everyone where going fast is going to equal a decrease in quality. But I bet that point is not where you think it is. And these people are often talking about writers who write 2,000 words a day, or 5,000 words a day, or 10,000 words a day even. Now personally, I write around 4,000 words a day, sort of most days. And sometimes I do a little bit less, and some days, especially when I've got a deadline, I do quite a lot more. And I have definitely had 10,000 word days in you know in my past and I can tell you right now that writing at those speeds is not contributing to poor quality if I was probably trying to do 20,000 words a day and then at the end of three days of doing 20,000 words I published that book without editing it at all you know of course that would probably be a terrible book but um <laughs> you know because that's just you just 
probably don't do that. But, you know, so much of writing is in the editing, uh, and obviously you can't edit a book until you've finished a book, so the sooner you get to the actual finish point, the sooner you are able to go back and give it that, that polish that it needs. And, you know, 500 words a day, 5,000 words a day, you know, to some extent it's all going to be the same, it's just the speed of what you put them down on paper. Writing is a skill, and the more that you do that particular skill, the better you get at it. I mean, obviously. And the more that you do that skill, the more that you practice, the more it becomes this kind of second nature to you. So don't look at 2,000 words a day, or 5,000 words a day, or even 10,000 words, and think it's a lot of words. And this is something that happens to people. They get scared of these high numbers, and they think, I'll never be able to do that, and then I'll never be able to be successful at self-publishing and, and being an indie author, and it's just, ah, it's just all terrible. The thing is, of course that is a lot of words if you actually don't want to write the words. If you are not having fun, then writing 2,000 words of annoying bullshit is going to feel like this complete horrible work. And the idea of writing 5,000 words of horrible bullshit is just even worse. But, you know, the truth is, is that what we're talking about here is writing stories that are in your heart, you know, writing stories that you desperately want to get down on paper. And so this is not a problem that you face. Now, most professional writers, and here I'm talking about journalists, I'm talking about freelance writers, I'm talking about the genre fiction authors that we you know, were all really familiar with, most of them do these kind of word counts, you know, on the regular. So to say that, you know, this isn't, that, that writers don't do this, writers don't have high word counts, is just complete nonsense. If you talk to R.L. Stein, who's one of the most successful children's book authors of all time, in his heyday, he was writing, it was two books a month. He was doing one Goosebumps book every single month, and then he was also doing the Fair Street books, and I believe he was either doing one of those a month or one every two months. So that's like two books a month, which is you know, even more than what a lot of indie authors are doing. No one in their right mind is going to sit down and say, well, you know, R.L. Stein, you're not a real writer because where the hell is your absinthe? So, yes, these numbers are, are really completely normal and there shouldn't be anything to be afraid of. And I, I do truly believe that if you want to be able to, you know, get that 500 words a day, 2,000 words a day, 5,000 words a day, you know, if you truly want to be able to do that and you, you're truly excited about the stories that you want to tell, there there's not really anything standing in your way of doing that apart from not having the systems in your own head and not believing in yourself that you can do it. So with that in mind I think there are three things that you need to be doing if you want to write faster. The first one is that you need to know what you're writing about before you sit down at the computer or you know at your notebook or whatever. Now I am saying this, and I personally do not plot my books. So I'm what they call a pantser, or a writer by the seat of your pants. So I don't do elaborate plots, I don't do like beat sheets, I don't do snowflake method, I don't do any of those things. What I do do is I spend a lot of time thinking about my books when I'm not actually sitting down and writing the book scenes. So when I start a book, I usually have this series of what we often refer to as set pieces in mind. And if you think about it, if you know your genre really, really well, you're going to have these too, because a lot of these set pieces kind of have to do with the tropes that readers expect, the ending that readers expect, and, and just the, the kind of the plot 
that they expect from your particular genre. So for example, uh, my Nevermore Bookshop series. Now this is a murder mystery series set in a bookshop. So, you know, even just off the top of my head right now, the first set piece of any book, I don't even have a plot yet, and I know that the first set piece is that there has to be a murder in the first few chapters of the book that's somehow connected to the bookshop. Then there has to be at least three suspects for this murder introduced. Then there's going to have to be some sex scenes because, you know, that's just what I do. Then the murderer has to be revealed at the end and we have to have some kind of closure. Now, we haven't even looked at a plot yet and already that's six or so set pieces that I know I'm going to have to have. So that kind of gives me a starting place where I know where I have to start, you know, thinking about what's going to go with each scene. I'm personally very, very resistant to plans, but what I've realised is that what I actually do is I outline my book in my first draft. So my first draft is around 20,000 words for a 70 to 90,000 word book. And this draft is just a rough outline of the chapters, of the action, of the dialogue of the story. I pretty much have all of the chapter cliffhangers planned out during this draft. And, you know, if the book has multiple points of view, I know exactly whose point of view is going to be for each chapter, etc. Some of these, you know, these chapter endings and these cliffhangers and these things, they come as a complete surprise to me. I just type them out and I'm like, wait, didn't expect that to happen. And then I kind of have to figure out, you know, why I put that in there. But that's what's so wonderful about this first draft because I can think about things and I can swap things around a bit and I can I can race to get to my set pieces and figure out how the set pieces all slot together. I could do all that. I, I usually take sort of three to five days to get to the point where I've written finished on this draft, where I've written the end, and I'm like, that's it, this draft is done. I more or less know the shape of this book, the kind of the rough idea of what it's going to be. And then I go back and I start from the very beginning and on the skeleton that I've made of the book I start to hang the actual story. So I fill in the gaps, I create the conversations, I build the setting, I build all of the, all of the stuff that we need to make the book really, you know, actually a book. And that would usually take me up to about fifty or 60,000 words for this full book. And then I would do another couple of drafts where I really make the story pretty and I tweak all the words and I add kind of all the extra things that just make it really special. Now that's my method. Now it may not be your method. You've got to find what works for you at this point. But one way or the other, you need to have some kind of idea of what you're going to write before you sit down. Or you're going to waste all of your writing time staring at a blank page or writing scenes that you later cut. Rachel Aaron, who wrote this amazing book called 2K to 10K, which is all about how to write faster. And she puts this in a really good way. She says, Here I was, desperate for time, floundering in a scene. And yet I was doing the hardest work of writing, which is figuring out exactly what needs to happen to move the scene forward in the most dramatic and exciting way. I was doing all the hardest work in the most time-consuming way possible, i.e. right in the middle of the writing itself. So her idea, and this is what I'm echoing here, what I, I truly believe is, is sort of the, the first key to being able to write faster is to save your writing time, the time when you actually sit down to write, save that time for actual writing. During your non-writing time, 
this is where you might, for instance, you know, if you've got 10 minutes on your lunch break at work and you don't think you, you don't think it's really the time to sit down and actually write a scene, but what you might be able to do is, you know, jot down some notes for the scenes that you write when you get home at the end of the day. Or you might start thinking about those set pieces that you know you're going to have to have and how they might string together and how, you, how you're going to hang the rest of the story off of those set pieces. So that's the first thing. And the second factor that I think goes into writing fast is to figure out how you can make the best use of your time when you're actually in front of the computer actually doing the writing. And for this, the only way to do this is to track what you do when you write, or when you don't write, as it were. If you want to find out the best time of day for you to do your writing, or what type of writing sprints work, you have to record yourself trying this and figure it out. So what I would do is I would make a spreadsheet. So when I've done this, in the first column my spreadsheet has the date. And then after that it will have the, the, the total I start with at the start of the day. Then I will... You know, each time I do a sprint or I do something particular and I run some kind of timer, I will write down how many words I've written. And then I'll keep doing that and keep doing that and see what my total is at the end of the day. And I'll try different things. So when I started doing sprints, I started with 25-minute sprints. So I set a timer for 25 minutes. I'd write without distractions for 25 minutes. Then I'd have like a couple of minute break and then I'd do it again. I tried it with 25 minutes, I tried it with 10 minutes, I tried it with 15 minutes, with 20 minutes, um, and with 40 minutes, I think. And what I discovered over trying each of those for sort of a week or two each was that the best timing for me was 20 minute sprints. Most writers will usually will do some form of a sprint um, in order, or a POM we call it, in order to kind of increase their productivity if, if you're wanting to write faster. So there are lots of different ways to approach this. So basically a sprint is where you do just what I said. You set a timer for a certain amount of time, and during that time you shut all of your browser windows, you're not on Facebook, you're not no distractions, you just write. And when the timer goes off you get a break, and then you come back and you do more sprints. Now you can choose the way that you do the timings of the sprints. Some people like to do a kind of an, an up and down sprinting sort of thing. Think of it a little bit like a you know like an interval training workout, but instead of working out your body, you're working out your brain and your fingertips. So you might start with a 10 minute sprint, then a 15 minute, and then a 20 minute, and then a 30 minute, and then you'll go back to 20 minute, and a 15 minute, and a 10 minute, and you might go up and down like that, or you might just keep going up and up and up and up, up. Um, or you might have slightly longer breaks, or you know shorter breaks, or you, you know you just you try different things and you see what works for you. You write down how much you write, and you figure out. Well, when I do 20 minute sprints, I write more than when I do shorter sprints. This is the same with all different things that you want to look at. So. Where are you writing? Are you writing at home? Are you writing at work? What about on the bus? What about in a coffee shop? When you write in different places, which places make you more productive? So a lot of people are quite surprised to find out that they're actually more productive if they go to a coffee shop or something like that, or the library, where it's outside of their house. Another thing to look at is how much time do you have? So sometimes people will find that they'll do more if they have t 10 minutes of concentrated time than if they had like an hour of concentrated writing time. But on the flip side, 
Some people find that if they have like a five hour block on the weekend that they've set out for writing, they will get so much done in that five hour block. Whereas if they try to do, you know, 20 minutes here or an hour there during the week, they won't get anything done during that time. So the only way to figure out what works for you is to set up a spreadsheet to actually record how many words you write when you try these different things and find out which one works for you. For me personally, I think what I really need is short and snappy writing sessions to get the most out of, out of myself. I work really, really well under pressure and under tight deadlines. So because I'm now a full-time author and I have these long days, I have to use the sprints, like quite short sprints, so I use 20 minutes, to break up my days and to basically trick my brain into constantly believing that I have a deadline. So time of day is another thing to try. So do you write better in the morning or in the afternoon or late at night? For myself, personally, I write the best in the morning. So I try to schedule as much of my sort of really hardcore writing in the morning and I try to do all of my admin work and my kind of less creative work in the afternoon. I don't know what's going to work for you. The only way to figure this out is to try different things. Try them for a week or two, record the results, and see where you get the most writing done. Then adjust these things into your schedule to make permanent changes. So that's the second thing. And the third thing, and I think this is really, really super important, it's certainly important for me, is that you have to love what you're writing. You have to be so excited and so enthusiastic about the story, and yet, yet, you, know, you have to be really excited to have that time to sit down and work on it. For me, I think this really helps to keep in mind why you want to improve your writing speed. So you're not just improving your speed but, you know, because, because Stephanie said so, whatever. Um, you know, you're doing this because you want to finish the story, because you think telling the story is important, because you love this character, because you want to share this with the world, you know, because you want to be a professional writer, you know, whatever your reasons, maybe write that down on a post-it note and stick it beside your computer screen. And then every time you sit down to write, you're always reminded, this is why I'm doing this. I've said it before, and I will say it again, that, you know, I, I honestly don't believe that anyone should be out there trying to write things that they're not really excited about. And, you know, especially not if you think it's like a fast track to becoming a millionaire. And I say that because there are literally a million, billion, trillion easier ways to make a living than being a writer. And so if you're going to be writing and you're going to be spending all this time and there's no promises and there's no guarantees, if you're going to be doing that and, you know, then you might as well be doing a story that you love. And I think that's that's so important because if you don't love the story, then you're not going to want to sit down and do it. And all this is going to kind of be for naught. So ask yourself truly, is part of the reason why I'm struggling with the word count, is it because I've, I've lost enthusiasm for the story? You know, is this actually the story I want to be telling? For me, I always have to ask myself... For me, I find when I get bored of working on a book or a scene or a story, as soon as I start feeling bored, that's a really key sign to me that something's not working in the book. Now, there's a couple of caveats here. The, the first one is that 
I also know for myself that the hardest books for me to write is the last book in a series because by the time I've got to the last book I've probably already spent a year or more of my life thinking about these characters, thinking about the series. I know how it's going to end. I know what's going to happen. I just have to write this stupid thing down and I'm so over it. And I just, I want to do the the new shiny next book. I don't want to I don't want to bother with this whole book, but I have to because I have to finish the series. So I find that book really hard because I, I just, I don't love it as much as, as the other books. And so I know that when I'm on the last book, it's always going to be a bit of a struggle, but I can use these other techniques to get me through and I can dangle the promise of as soon as you finish this book, you can start on that new thing. I can dangle the promise. Some authors will also do it where, you know, for instance, if you write 4,000 words a day, they'll do 3,000 words of the project that they're kind of pushing through, and then 1,000 words of their, like, treat project at the end. And I have tried that sometimes, but sometimes I find that not an effective use of my time. I personally struggle a bit with two, working on two fiction projects at the same time, so that's a bit harder. The second thing I know for a fact about myself is that around 75% of the way through a book, every single book, I hit the wall of suckage. And the wall of suckage is a point where you're working through the book and suddenly you just are absolutely positive, 100% sure that the whole thing sucks, that it's pointless, that it's boring, that everyone's going to hate it, that you're making a big mistake. And I hit that wall every single book, every single time. And so, again, if I'm feeling bored of a book or I hate a book, I have to ask myself, is it because there's something wrong with the book? Is it because I have lost interest in the story that I'm trying to tell? Is it that there's just not a story to tell here? Or is it because I have hit the wall of suckage? And the only way, unfortunately, to get over the wall of suckage is to just climb up a bit <laughs> and jump off the other side. So one thing I do notice about myself is that I write the fun scenes faster. So there are always these scenes in a book that you're really looking forward to write. Uh, and, and you know, they're, they're often those set pieces that you've had in mind since you, you kind of started thinking about the book. And so the days that I struggle is often when I have boring scenes to work on that I'm not that enthusiastic about or that are kind of in between those fun set pieces. So when I'm feeling like that, I ask myself, you, you know, why is that? Um, and, you know, you have to think, is it better to actually push through those boring scenes? Or is it worthwhile asking yourself, why do I find this scene boring? What about it makes it boring to me? Because if it's boring to you to write, then it's entirely possible it's boring to the reader to read. So I want to try and turn every single scene into a fun scene. So that's a lot, a lot of what I do. Is I know that if I'm feeling bored, it's because something is not working in the story. Usually it's at the time I need to throw in a dead body, or I need to give someone a secret that they reveal, or most of the time it's that I need the heroine to do some growing, that the character is stagnant, that they're not learning anything, and that they need, they need some character development. So those are my three sort of key points about learning to write faster. Now I do have a ton more sort of tips about writing faster and about why it's a good idea and why it's good to practice in my How to Rock self-publishing book.
If you have got a question about writing, faster, or about anything else about self-publishing that you want me to talk about on the podcast, then head on over to the Rage Against the Manuscript Facebook group, or you can email me at steph at rageagainstthemanuscript.com, and I promise I will talk about it in a future episode. For more rad-free stuff for authors, or for info about my self-publishing books and courses, head on over to rageagainstthemanuscript.com. That's all from me this week. Happy writing!